This episode is brought to you by our friends at Detroit Boxing Company. They're a clothing brand that focuses on quality and comfort. I have a few of their shirts and they are comfy as hell. And not only are you going to look great, but I swear when I put my shirt on, I can throw my jab cross hook way better. Maybe that's just the placebo effect, but I swear it looked way better. If you want to learn more about the company and what TJ has been putting together, you should listen to episode number 36 of the podcast. I had a chance to talk to him about his motivations and what inspired him to start the company. He's a wonderful dude and what he's putting out is great. So be sure to check out their website at DetroitBoxingCompany.com. And at the checkout, make sure you use the word CoreyCast, all one word, no E, C-O-R-Y-C-A-S-T, and save yourself 10% at checkout. It's time to treat yourself. This episode of the Corey Cast is just a little bit different. I got together with my friend Matt Spack from Essential Home Inspections and my other friend Chris Madden, who is a lender at Paragon Home Loans. And we do kind of a live Q&A on Facebook. So I took the recording in case you missed it, and we turned it into like a podcast. This is more of a general roundtable discussion, mostly about the current housing market and mostly about home inspections. Matt has been in the business for 14 years now as a home inspector and has helped all types of people throughout central New York. So what a great person to ask questions and kind of get his opinions and thoughts on the current market. So I hope you enjoy this Q&A, this panel discussion, whatever you want to call it, with my two good friends, Chris Madden and Matt Spack. Pop on, let you guys introduce yourself. So, um, let me get this thing started here too. And you're doing it on your phone, uh, right? For Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I gotta like kind of do it the kind of getaway here and like hold it. <laughs> but uh, here you go. It works, right? Just you can't, like, tell, you can't really see the phone, right? No, we can't see it. No, it's hidden. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, cool. Appreciate you guys popping on, Corey, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Appreciate this it. Is cool. Yeah. So, um, if you guys want to just introduce yourself, like I said before, you know, what I'm going to do is download this for you guys. It'll be an audio, um, and and video version, so you guys can kind of share it with what your audience and do whatever you want with it too. So, if you guys want to just go ahead and introduce yourself quick, and we can just jump right in. Yeah, I'll go first. My name's Corey. I work for Howard Ham, a associate broker at the Liverpool office, um, and been doing this for uh, like I was telling you guys, three years, couple months now. Real estate has been a lot of fun. Helped out a lot of people, and we felt uh, this kind of Q and A talk discussion podcast. I don't know what you want to call this, but I felt like this would be great for everybody that's out there that wants some uh, info on uh, home inspections. Yeah, uh, my name is Matt Spack, uh, owner of Essential Home Inspections. Uh, this is going into my 14th year of doing inspections, so been around, uh, been around for a little bit, man. So glad to link up with uh, more agents, uh, lenders, and you know I'm always working with you guys. So it's it's nice to have um, what I would call a vertically, you know, 
line business where we can have relationships together and we kind of all, all pair together. We know each other and how each other uh, can conduct our business. Yeah. And we all kind of like work together, right? Like, you know, I'm on Iceland one side out of the deal, right? I'm on the lending side, but you know, I always feel like the home inspector and, you know, and Corey, like the realtor side, you guys work more closely with the home inspector because we as the bank, we don't necessarily care if you have a home inspection or not. Um, but, you know, I guess the biggest thing is, you know, Matt, like, what exactly do you look for in a home inspection? I guess we'll just jump right into it. Like, what exactly do you look for? Yeah, so we, you know, New York State is a standard protocol where we have um, uh, a checklist of things where I would say some things are um, up, up to our what we think about them and then certain things in terms of safety hazards we're going to mark down and, and write up and take pictures and do videos of so but a, a home inspector should be looking at the house as a system inside and out the, the main things from plumbing to electrical the roofing system foundation and the, the entire house in between yeah so is there is there, like you said new york state so there's a, obviously a bunch of guidelines you have to follow right that are state yeah yep so yeah, we're, we're all state licensed um, you know, you pass a test, you go to class, you're on the field and there's a protocol You know, every state is different. So New York has um, essentially a checklist full of stuff that we are responsible to, uh, to cover. And then, you know, everything is subject from there. How, how uh, in depth we want to get or don't want to go. Have you, have you ever like figured, like, do you know any like rules? Like honestly, is like New York state more difficult than like, I don't know, like Florida or something. Do you have any idea? Uh, yeah. Uh, so a little bit, you know, license, they're, they're working on like licenses that they can transfer, but other states are just different, right? You said like Florida, for example, no basements, there's stuff in the attic space or on the exterior. So each state has their own thing. You know, like a lot of guys in their states have to do pests, pest inspections. We don't have to worry about termites up here. We're not required to, uh, some companies, you know, other states are required to do like mold testing or lead testing. Uh, and as an inspector here, I don't have to do that. I can offer that if I'm licensed or certified to do so, but I don't have to do that. Um, mm. But in terms of being stringent, yeah, we're, we're one of those states where <laughs> uh, a lot of red tape is involved. You know, us in California seem to be some of the states that have probably some of the most strictest um, guidelines for home inspections. Huh. You got to jump through four hoops and then jump on your leg three times on your left leg and then right leg four times and make it in New York state. Right. Yeah. They require me to climb up and down the ladder seven times before I can comment on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, and then you got to listen to the dad who turns into a home inspector because he bought a house in 1980. You know what? Well, that's, that's one of the biggest things, you know, probably Corey can attest to this man. Like it's, it's always that conversation. And this is where to your point, the realtor and the inspector have to have a partnership, right? Instead of being like what people think may like butt heads, you have to have that relationships where I can answer a lot of the questions so it, so we can reduce the amount of phone calls we're having between each other. But also, you know, everybody wants to be there for the full three hours it takes to do an inspection. It's like I have my, my clients come towards like the last 20 minutes and then I can walk them through my whole report. That was a good, a good understanding, right? The issue is if you get some contractors there or, you know, Uncle Jimmy thinking he knows everything, um, it makes it makes the realtor's life very difficult. And on the back side of that, right, every all the parties are, are upset, like, you know, listing agents like, well, what happened? And then, you know, he's talking to his client like, well, my uncle said that, the, the you know, the foundation was caving in because ABC and they have no, no idea, you know. Right. That's what I like about Matt, too, is that the last 20 minutes he goes over that whole that whole top to bottom list of everything that he did. And it's on an iPad. 
and he goes through. And then if Uncle Jim has a question right there, Matt's got it ready, rocked and low. And I don't have to say, Matt, can you please help me out on this one, dude? I don't know what the, I don't know what a freaking soffit thingy loffit is. Help me out, Matt. Right. What's well, like? Oh, go sorry, go ahead. Ahead. No, I was gonna say like that's kind of like your way to combat that, then, right? Like the kind of like the rebuttal or whatever. You know, and Corey can answer this too, but I think if the inspector is willing to take that extra 20, 30, 40 minutes to spend what I call some love time with the clients, it does a couple different things, right? It, number one, it shows um, the clients that you that you care. And, you know, we've transitioned from paper reports to digital reports to now like photos and videos. And pictures are great. Videos, I think, are superior. But when you take the time to explain like what that note means or what that picture is showing you in terms of severity, like, hey, this is a picture I have to take a picture of. It's just a recommendation. It's good homeownership information versus something that might be more catastrophic. If they can hear your tone and they understand you say it, they can then leave and say, okay, like, you know, we have to talk to our, uh, to Corey about, you know, A, B, and C, but the rest of the things are okay. Versus if I just send them a report with no explanations, Corey, what, generally nine times out of 10, right? They'll say, hey, we want everything on this whole report fixed. That's what my inspector said. Yep. So if you don't have that conversation with them, it's it's really difficult to, to you know, it creates, a, it creates one more barrier with the, the buyer's agent and then just more phone calls back and forth that I think nine times out of 10 can be eliminated. Yeah. So just like, so you, you mentioned like all the different issues you put in the report, right? Like what would you consider like, major right like obviously gfi outlets you know some people kind of freak out over that but i guess like what would you kind of like consider like major versus like mine like we can take care of this no yeah so so that would be the biggest thing right i think the if we can get one thing out of the way it's, it's not our job to nitpick right there there's probably two-thirds of the stuff in our report are just like basic recommendations and good information it's not there to negotiate every little nickel and dime every little penny we're looking at the big stuff um, that's a potential safety hazard, right? Foundation movement, right? There could be cracks in the foundation, but to what severity? Now, if there's a major crack or bowing or issues uh, with the foundation, that's a huge cost to, to the buyer. That's something to reconsider, right? Um, generally, mold, depending on location, depending on the, the, the severity of it, uh, what the source is and how can, how can it be resolved could be something very easy or something very complicated. But those, those tend to be the biggest deals when you're going into these real estate contracts. Because um, usually, right, Corey can attest to this, it, you know, it's not like they're usually, um, you're going into a house and you see like a, a 40 old, a 40 year old roof and we get in there and it's like, Hey, the roof is old. And they're like, Oh my God, we had no idea. You know, it's like, you, you can kind of tell that, yeah. um, it's usually like foundation and, and electrical, like aluminum wire can be a big, you know, two, two of the, probably the biggest things that I see in my reports that are like potential game changers for the, for the purchase. Yeah. I can tell you, like aluminum wire. We, before we bought our cars, like we had a, one put an offer on a house, and, and there happened to be aluminum wiring. Mm. And you could see the kind of like the burn marks, like in the outlets or whatever, like the the black kind of whatever it was. Uh, and that just freaked us out. So yeah. ended up kind of aluminum, did that deal fall through? It did. Yeah, we walked away from it. It's, yeah. it's you know, so there there is a couple. If you talk to an electrician, right? And I'm not an electrician. Uh, I know just enough to be to be dangerous, but um, <laughs> you know they 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 can say, hey, we can do it in a method where we have to take off all your fixtures, and there's certain connectors they call it pigtails where they can make these connections. But when they do that, at the end of the day, you still have aluminum wire 
in your house, right? So let's it's Chris, for example, if you if you bought that house, right, and you know your family grows or you're ready to move into something bigger, and I come in that house and I do an inspection, I take your panel off, and I'm like, oh man, there's aluminum wire, and you're like, yeah, but I had this done. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't take off every single receptacle, every single outlet, your fans, your fixtures, your lights. Do you have pictures? Do you have proof? Um, versus like a whole rewiring of a house, which, as you guys know, is uh, is not cheap. Right. It's expensive. That's some big bucks. And yeah. when, when you start one of those projects, Matt, where, like, where do you start? When you try to figure out when you're starting the report, you pull up to the house, where, how do you figure out where to go? So for me, I always start with the exterior first. So I kind of get a lay of the land, um, see which direction the house is facing. I do kind of an overview of who's going to be there. Um, again, directional, do a walk or two around the house, and then I start on the roof. I start outside on the roof, and then you'll see me walk around like a million times. Uh, it's funny because you know, I wear one of these whoop straps. On my average inspection, I'm walking anywhere from three to four miles, which is wild. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> All over the place. Yeah, man. It's just, you know, walking around. I have, a, I have a system in place for me that works. You know, I see different guys that do it a little bit different, and it's successful for them. But I I walk around the house, and I focus on one thing, and I do the same thing again. So, like, soffits one time around, foundation, siding. In the event that I miss something, um, I can, you know, third or fourth time around, I'm like, oh, hey, I want to make a comment on that. Mm. And then from there, Corey, I go to the inside and I usually start from the top all the way down. The uh, reason why I do that is I can run water. I can see everything comes down uh, from there and I get a good idea of you know what, what's going on in the house. Nice. I always wondered how, how you guys figure out where to start. I guess that makes the most logical sense, though. Yep. So it sounds like you have the same routine every time that you uh, you go to a house. It's great because every house is different. They have their own little things, but the, the process is always the same, right? Exterior, right to the upstairs. I try to find the attic space or crawl space. I go look at that. Then I start upstairs. Um, I like to do the bathrooms first. And then I work myself down to the kitchen, bathrooms. Um, and usually the interiors of the house, it goes pretty quickly, pretty smoothly. Um, I spend the most amount of my time on the exterior and then the, in the basement because all the mechanicals. So you're in the basement. Do you again like crawl spaces? You said attic too, right? Yeah, so it's funny. You know, the running joke is um, if I can get into a crawl space, anyone is. I'm probably the biggest inspector <laughs> that's out. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, crawl spaces, as long as there's adequate uh, room to get in, um, you name it, man. Crawl spaces, attic, attic spaces, the whole nine. You got any horror stories? Like Silverback gorilla there? climbing up in grandma's closet <laughs> over here. I've mastered the one arm approach, like one arm airplane sideways <laughs> yeah. into a crawl space, you know? <laughs> My biggest fear, which fortunately has not happened, is falling through a ceiling, you know, especially on like a, like a new, you know, I mean, I'm walking in the attic space and I always have this vision of like, man, I'm going to fall through and <laughs> paying, you know, have that conversation that all of a sudden goes like wildfire amongst realtors and lenders. Like, oh my God, yep. you see Matt fell through the ceiling at someone's yeah. property and, you know. I, I feel like we all have that fear because like, it's not only that, My see, my little secret hidden fear is letting the cat or dog out that shouldn't be let out because I don't want to make the call to the seller. Hey, Mr. Mittens is gone. And yeah. I don't know where he went. That's the worst phone call to make ever. Dude, so scary because I offer my services. If you got anyone that knows me, I love dogs more than I love people, you know? So <laughs> I always tell, like in my email, it goes out to my listing agents. You know, it's a generic email. It says in there, I am dog and cat friendly. Like, please leave your dog. I know that it's going to be a process to leave for three hours. I know it's a pain in the butt. And then it kind of hit me after I like, sending up, you know, thousands of these things out. I'm like, man, there's like, I'm responsible for so many animals. It's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> 
<laughs> but Corey, to your point, I actually implemented this. I think it's a good idea for any inspector, so I hope they steal it. Um, I do an exit, an exit overview. You've probably seen it in my reports. I literally video myself, um, or not myself, but me, making sure all the windows are shut, locked, doors are shut, locked, the keys back in the box, lights are off, because I'm so afraid of, like, yep. forgetting something. And I hate that phone call that, like, you know, that's going to go to Corey first and be like, who did you use? Oh, my God, you know. And we all we all make mistakes, right? If I, if I leave a light on, I can deal with that. But if it's like, hey, um, you know, the tub was running and the, the front door was wide open, um, what's going on here, you know? Yeah. Hey, Mr. Mittens left. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So like in this kind of market, Corey, like you've obviously seen a lot of people like waving the home inspection essentially yep. right now at times. Matt, you've probably seen the same thing. Yeah. You know, to be honest, you know, I would consider myself a high volume company locally. Again, my 14th year, I've, I've got a chance to work with tons of great realtors. Um, and we're doing, you know, typically uh, in the beginning of the season, I would say starting in like um, really March. We're, we're cranking, you know, 25, 30 inspections or more a week, right? The past six months is the worst that we've had in, in my 13, 14 years of business. Um, I mean, weeks we were only doing a handful uh, for, for that reason, right? And it's, it's just nuts because uh, it started out kind of slow. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, no inventory. We're freaking out. And it seemed like almost overnight it was like, we're into this market, right? To the point where I'm having my realtors call me up like, hey, Matt, like, it's you know, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just, you know, my last 17 deals, um, I didn't get, you know, 14 of them. And the other ones had eight offers, full cash, and we waived the inspection. It's like, those are the stories I'm hearing from my realtors. Like the crazy, yeah. like, hey, 85,000 over, you know, over asking and waived yeah. inspection and, you know. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. And it's like it's it's tough because as an agent that puts you kind of in a rough position because you don't want to I never I always tell my clients it's like I never want you guys to waive a home inspection because there's a lot of a lot of like important information that's on there that we're not gonna find. Like I'm not on our first uh, the first time I show a house, we're talking maybe twenty minutes on a house, depending on how big it is. You know, Matt's doing the inspection that's three and a half hours long sometimes, like sometimes four, depending on how big the house is. So us catching something in the first 20 minutes doesn't happen. Like it's just, it's really hard that, that I'm, we're going to be able to see and catch everything. So it leaves agents trying to figure out a workaround. Like Matt's worked with me before when I've done a pass or fail inspection where it's like, I said, uh, you know, my buyers don't want to ask for any credits or corrections. We just want to do a home inspection and just, it's pass or fail. If we find a really scary monster in the basement. Like we get Matt there and then he says, Oh, this, this wall is bowing. The foundation's messed up. Then we still have the opportunity to be like, all right, see you later. Right. Yeah. But it's still not as good as no home inspection ever. So it's like this fine line where it's like, you're trying to make sure you protect your clients and still make sure they have good information. I don't know. It's, it's a very strange market to Matt's point. Can someone do a home inspection, let's say after and just not write it into the contract, but maybe like after they close, and they just want to know, like, what the hell did I just buy kind of thing? Yeah, so I, I'm actually doing, I wouldn't say a, a ton of those, but there's definitely more people um, doing them after closing just as an FYI to themselves. Hey, what's going on? And, and again, to, to kind of clear the air, I don't work with any realtors that are advising to waive a home inspection, right? Yeah, nobody wants that. I think most people have to understand this. As a realtor, you might work for a Howard Hanna or another company, right? 
but you are essentially your own your own uh, independent contractor. You eat what you kill, so to speak. It's your own business. You know, you can work as hard as you want, anything, or or not as hard as you want, and you, the outcome will show itself. So the the realtor and Corey corrects me if I'm if I'm wrong, but you're going to go into there. You want to protect number one, your client, your buyer, right? And it, because this is your it's going to be your lifeline. Let's say you do, you know. Um, Jimmy, and you're like, hey, listen, you really want this house? I, I advise you to get a home inspection. Here's the deal: there's multiple offers. You can't get it at a bare minimum. You should do it after closing. I would never, never want you to not get a home inspection. That shows that he cares about the client, right? And then when that client goes to sell that house, or their mom, or their friend, or their brother, their sister, they're gonna say, hey, you know, we have this great agent, Corey. Um, you know, he wasn't trying to pull a fast one or whatever else. He uh, he recommended that we do this. You know, so go with him versus you know the, the opposite and that business will reflect it but but again i don't know any realtors out there that are advising they're i would say right Corey, that um realtors are as frustrated as i am right i'm in the business so obviously i'm, I'm an advocate for home inspection i want to protect the client but the the realtors are just as frustrated because they know this they, they know what's going to happen three or four years from now if that client waived an inspection and they call Corey back and now a guy like me comes into their house you know, because they'll say the market's different, there's more inventory, and the inspections are kind of back rolling again. And they're like, oh, my God, Corey, this guy found like $15,000 worth of stuff in my house. Uh, what's going on here? And you're like, yeah. you know, but then right. they'll, they'll remember this. You said, hey, listen, we advocated for a home inspection. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's that led to a lot of agents trying to kind of think outside the box of the home inspection, like the after-closing home inspection. Yeah, I mean – you kind of, it's too late. There's no return right after you close. They give you the keys. You can't say, holy crap, Matt found all this stuff the next day after I close. I want to put it back on the, like that, that just doesn't happen. But what it does though, is you are working with an expert who can give you a whole list of like safety concerns, different things that you should uh, repair and fix and make as a focus uh, for the life of the home, you know, which is important, especially when you're a homeowner. All right, and that's and that's where the relates to tie it back into the relationship. You know, someone like Corey has seen me walk through my reports. They understand the, some some things that are basic and minor. To, to your point, Chris, you said GFIs, right? That's, that's in like every house I see almost you know every week. Um, but if now you have a more of a trained eye, where a realtor feels comfortable saying, "Hey, um, you know, GFIs are normal, handrails, we get all that stuff, right?" Uh, but I'm going to pay a little more attention to what the exterior of the house looks like on a walkthrough or the foundation. Ask those questions. Oh, hey, when was your septic system pumped? Oh, hey, when, how old is the roof? That way that that realtor, if they can't get an inspection, is, is trying their best to put themselves and their clients in, in the best interest. Yeah. So what, like, if someone's waiving the home inspection, like, what would, what would be, like, during their walkthrough, right? If they're checking out the house, like something to keep in mind for them, knowing that if they're going to put an offer on the house, they're going to waive the home inspection. What are some things they can kind of like look out for, you know, knowing that they're not, a, they're not a full-time inspector. They're not like electrician or anything like that, but what can they kind of like pick out that maybe like kind of just raise their eyebrows, eyebrows a little bit. Foundation. Uh, I would always the foundation, right? See, is there gutters on the house? How does the, the grading on the outside look? Is there any movement in the foundation? And always ask how old the roof is, right? A lot of times, you know, it's probably, what, 50, 50 or worse. Core. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. but those, you know, it's it's hard, right? Because you're doing a walkthrough. 
Um, and it seems like the last six months here, those 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 time frames have gotten really tight, right, Corey? Like, hey, you got ten minutes in here, or five minutes, or yeah. you better be here by you know, like this time because we have eighty-seven walkthroughs or something. Yeah, it's back-to-back showings. You have fifteen-minute appointments. Go, everybody's back-to-back. I would say, you know, have, have something in your mind. Like, number one, you know, working with someone like yourself, right? Here's how much I know I'm going to spend. Do Number one, do I have a budget? In case I run into, like, the, the, the typical stuff, is there a budget for that, right? Am I doing FHA, VA? Are they going to, you know, Corey can walk through and be like, hey, that's probably not GFI. I, I notice there's no handrails. They know that they can talk to someone like you and say, okay, this is going to have to be, you know, potentially fixed or repaired before closing or whatever else. But, um foundation is the big one, man. If there's any kind of cracking, any kind of movement, um, heaving, bowing, big red flag. And then that should be like, all right. Um, maybe the average consumer says, I don't know if that's how bad that is, but though that would be a big red flag and probably the most important in, in any kind of a uh, real estate transaction. Yeah. And what about like, like radon? Like I have a, I have a question right here. Like what, what is radon? Radon is the breakdown of uranium in the ground, um, and it's gotten popular over the last you know handful of years here with the testing and mitigation systems. And it's really location specific. Um, you know, in rocky areas, you go to a place like Clay, for example. Typically, it's low. You're going south of Syracuse or like to the Jamesville, Manlius area where all the rock quarries are. Typically, higher. And the, the EPA for a real estate contract is four point zero or higher. They recommend mitigation. Um, but essentially it's these radioactive materials in the ground, um, that cause lung cancer. And, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of it, but it's actually the second leading cause of lung cancer behind smoking. The second leading cause, huh? Leading cause wow. cancer. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I did not know that. And that's something obviously you check for, right? When you do a home inspection or is that something that like, it's not, not part of it. They have to ask for it. Right. They'll, they'll ask for us. So, we, uh, you know, in our world, we're saying, uh, you know, if Corey texts me, says, hey, Matt, I got a client, um, you know, home inspection, I'll say, hey, need, does it need radon or not? Because we're trying to figure out it's a 48 hour test um, at minimum. So we're going to go in there with kits or machines and drop that off, make sure there's closed house conditions. You got to keep the door closed. And a lot of things can cause, you know, like I get it, I get it all the time. Hey, Matt, it's a new house. Am I going to have radon? I don't really need a test. I was like, well, it, it could be a new house in Fabius Pompey. And yeah, the house might be tighter, but it's an area that's typically higher in radon. Um, you know, it, it's like that new house could be a higher level than a 1920 built house in Liverpool, for example. Right. Yeah. And that new construction too. I mean, that's just stirring up the ground even more. So who knows? Correct. So you're breaking through rock and sediment and bedrock. Uh, it can all, can all irritate that. And, um, you know, mitigation systems are usually pretty straightforward. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of houses over the, more and more are testing are higher, I would say, in my last three to four years, uh, at least that I'm doing. I, I mean, I do a, I'm an hour and a half to two hours all around Syracuse area, but I pretty much dominate the um, Fatville, uh, Jamesville, Casanova area and, and east, and we get a lot of uh, high radon. And correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, like your test, does it measure every half hour or hour, and then it takes the average for the 48 hours? Yep. So we do, uh, and we do both, you know, so it's every, it's every hour on the hour. We'll take uh, an average of that. Like if you go to, you know, if you, if you do use kits or a machine, you know, some labs will give you back a, a, a reading or they'll say, and here's the average of the last 48 hours or however long the test was left um, mm-hmm. in the basement. A couple of things with radon too that, that, that are newer um, that, you know, radon for commercial buildings is different. So let's say for example, you have six units and they're all on one floor. Every single unit has to be tested. 
So that's something that's um, a bit newer. Um, and now a big one is square footage in, in these multifamilies or even, and even in a residential house. Um, if it's larger than 2,000 square feet, they want to see two tests, one on either side. Um, so right. placement is key, right? Like they want to at least 30 inches off the ground, six feet from an exterior wall. But yeah, you have some of these houses that I do that are, you know, six, 7,000 square feet and the basements are finished with 2,500, 3,000 square feet. We're setting up two tests, sometimes three different tests. Uh, yeah. house. Wow. Wow. What do those mitigation things cost to like install? Um, you know, it's, it's like everything has gone up with, uh, with the COVID. Right. Um, so I think a safe bet is you're probably anywhere from 1700 to 2,500 for like your average basic system is my guess. Um, mm -hmm. but I've been in houses where, you know, on both ends of the spectrum, right. I've been in houses that were like really high 30, 40, 50, that one system takes care of it, brings it down to one or below one. I've also been in houses, for example, here in Fayetteville, I, I just did one two weeks ago. They had three systems in their basement because it was a huge finished basement. All wow. off, right? It was still reading a, a ten. So you know they are going to add one more line on, and then they're going to do um, like an HRV type system where it can help recycle that air through. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So it really doesn't matter like what style of house, right? It's just doesn't matter. It's, okay, it's all about right? that basement. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter too if it's a dirt basement or if it's poured cement or cinder block or stone, right? So to certain degrees, right? So if you have like a new, the benefit of a new build house, right? Maybe less cracking, the house is tighter in general. So less, potentially less seepage of the radon gas into the home, right? Whereas if you have a dirt basement, uh, you're probably going to have more, more reading depending on the area. So same thing if you have a gravel um, basement or gravel uh, crawl space, which hopefully you have a vapor barrier down. But um, the tighter the house in the basement, the more finished. That can help reduce it, but it's not the end-all, be-all, right? Because a lot of times you have sump pumps, you have windows, you have vents, there's cracks, there's French drains. All those little areas are, are uh, potential penetration points for the, for the gas. Hmm. That's crazy. I didn't know it was a second leading cause. I'm just going back to that. That's, yeah, that's I know, crazy. right? Isn't that crazy? That's it's wild. Wild. I mean, yeah, you tell people that's like, you know, you don't want to scare people, but it's also like, Hey, it's the second leading cause of lung cancer behind behind smoke, and they're like, "Wait, say that again? Like, what do you yeah. mean? You know, it's wild." Yeah, so like, if you're right, if you're looking for a house in this area, right, Central New York, you're definitely saying like Fayetteville, Janesville, Azenobia. Yeah. I know over like on my side of town, like towards Camillus, like they have a high to high rate. I was like, "Yeah, Camillus, done, right?" Yeah, Camillus has been growing. I've seen, we've seen a big spike in Camillus. I don't know the exact number, but I want to say at least on, based on my tests. Um, again, there's a lot more people out there, but it was like, I was so much around 70, 75% of my people were failing in the Camillus area, West Hill, Camillus. Wow. Um, same thing with Fabius Poppy, notoriously uh, high in that area. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good map. I think it's on the, the government site, maybe newyork.org or something like that, except from New York. It actually shows you the radon map hmm. where there tends to be pockets that are higher. Um, but you see it, you see it everywhere. It's, it's wild, you know? Yeah. Huh, that's I type in New York State radon map. <laughs> yeah, it'll, you'll see it pop up if you're if you're on your computer. Yeah, um, it's a lot of southern. Yeah, again, because because of the type of ground material, right? As you go north, you have clay, um, so you're going to have all this bedrock um, underneath the city of Syracuse. This kind of it's having a horseshoe right around this this around Syracuse, um, and it gets then it goes again back when you get to a certain buffer zone up north. Um, then you have pockets kind of all over the, the state. 
You know, but the thing about like Connecticut has one of the biggest issues, right? They're all on uh, granite, limestone. It's one of the huge, huge states that has a big radon problem. Interesting. Which I think I believe I don't know if this is correct, but I have read that if they haven't already, it's in the works. To you can't even transaction of a house can't go through without uh, a radon test being conducted because it's just in super, Connecticut. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know, again that, that was either introducing the litigation or maybe it's a thing now. I don't know, but I know that was talks um, a couple years back. Nice. Huh. And like, uh, so if somebody was thinking about putting their house on the market and they're worried of maybe a couple things, like what, what is something that a homeowner could check and look at right now that are like kind of easy fixes they could address? Right. That, that's, that's the good thing. You know, so let's kind of take a step back on that. Right. It's like, in this market, how often, Corey, have you heard like, oh, man, do I really need a real estate agent? Can I just list it? Uh, you know, can I pay whatever the Zillow fee or whatever? You know, hey, can I just do this? And it's so hot. You know, I actually did a video about this a, a while back saying, um, you know, de- you know, I, get, I do all like the, the polls and stuff on my Instagram. And someone asked, like, should I, should I do a for sale by owner? I'm like, no, no, never. Um, you know, th- so much. There's so even myself, right? I consider myself pretty savvy in the real. I wouldn't. It's just there's there's so much that you guys do behind the scenes that, quite frankly, I don't want to deal with. It's a pain in the butt, right? So and I also talk to people too when they start talking about uh, for sale by owners. I'm like, well, how many houses have you sold in your life? And I'm not doing this to toot my own horn, right? Like once every five six years, right? And it's like, well, I've I did. 15 transactions that's that's a lot for just like one year you know or i've done x amount of transactions it's not to like gloat or to to put them down but it's just like hey look if there's a hiccup i know the perfect person to call i know how we can get over this hurdle you know what i mean like that's that's what to your point we're we're the backdoor people it's experience, all right. If you knit, you yeah. knit business, and I'll tell you, the guy with the most experience is probably going to have the most information to be able to help you out with, right? We all have people, myself included, where if I run into something funky, ring, ring, ring. I'm like, hey, have you seen this before? Click, send a photo, right? How many times at the beginning of your career, Corey, or still, you know, hey, on this contract, we're something funky, right? Chris, in the beginning when you started, Atlanta, hey, what do I do here? What, what's going yeah. on? Can't yeah. be able to ask questions, right? Um, so, and again, to answer your question, that is that by itself becomes the benefit of knowing the little things, right? If I say, hey, Corey, I'm uh, thinking about this town, my house, man. Uh, hey, what do you think? What's it worth? What, what, what do I got to do? You can come over, set up a consult. And the easiest thing for homeowners, right, is let's eliminate um, the VAs, the FHA. Like, do we have, you know, if I walk in your house, are these ground fault tests, you know, ground fault receptacles? Do I see handrails? Those are like the basic things right because then you can say hey you know we in Onondaga county we get roughly 70 percent of 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 loans and maybe this last 18 months to skew this but are either usda fha or va right so we have like all right if we can eliminate those it's it's one less barrier and you know if you walk into a house you're like, oh man there's peeling paint how about you guys scrape that this weekend and, and you don't have to paint it but at least scrape it down and you can you can eliminate those those basic surface level things that i think now you know probably help in a transaction, number one. Number two, it's less photos that the inspector has to take over what I consider like little tiny stuff. You know, I mean, how many times we, we test for GFIs and it's like, ah, hey guys, it's real easy to do. They're like 15 bucks at Home Depot and, you know, you have a couple of them. Now, imagine if I walk into a house because Corey's already said, hey, listen, all your bathrooms and your kitchens and your exterior ones have to be ground fault. Um, we're good to go. And they're like, all right, well, I'll hire somebody. 
now it does like and in New York, right? That's like a safety hazard because it's that's what New York State considers it. It's like, man, that can scare people without without the right explanation of what that right. is. If we can yeah. buy that, that, which what I think is cheap and easy, it's a win. And what do you think are like the uh, like the top three most common finds you see a lot of? Um, GFIs for sure, right? Uh, handrails, and then the other one that we see a lot of uh, because we're doing you see so many flips now and, and houses in this area of the age where like they're putting a new furnace in, a new water heater, or like a gas insert is. Un, ungrounded or unbonded gas lines. How, how many times you, you see that now, Corey? Like the yellow CSST bonds, right? The SST bonding, right? I um, remember calling you up when that first came up on my buyer's home inspection. I was like, Matt, what is this? I've never heard of this, man. Yeah, and you want to know what? Something like that too. It's so easy to fix most of the time, unless there's like the, the electrical panel far away. It's like it's like usually like a five minute job, but it, it, that's one of those things. If you see it on the report, people are like, oh, my God, my gas line. It's not grounded. My house is going to blow up. (laughs) No. um, But in five minutes and probably for like, you know, a $10 part, I can fix that for you. Now, an electrician or HVAC guy might charge you 75 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever else to do it. But it's it's so easy, you know. I've even seen them in houses where it's like they're just they've done it in the wrong spot. And I'm like, hey, can I move this over for you so I don't have to write this on the report? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Do you see anybody doing home inspections like before they sell? Yeah, I would say not as common in this market, but uh, we went through some lulls, right? I started my company in 2008 during the crash because uh, I'm a super smart guy. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was probably for me like 2000, like uh, like 15, 16, 17. Like I started to get that. Buyers wanted or sellers wanted to know what's going on in their house um, because we didn't have what's going on today, right? They wanted their house like prepped and primed. So, like a guy like me came in, it was like a smooth sailing, right? Um, but now I haven't done, I haven't done a pre listing inspection in uh, quite a while, you know what I mean? Because people know that their house is probably going to sell fast. It's probably going to go, you know, without an inspection or over asking. And why would it be advantageous to, to do so? Yeah, yeah and I always pose it when I go to a listing appointment. I always say, um, you know, you are seeing a market where a lot of people are waving a home inspection. But, you know, one avenue that a lot of people don't think about is doing like a pre listing home inspection, right? Like you could, I could hire somebody to come in and then guess what? We have a home inspection report. We can take care of all the things before we hit the market. And then guess what? Everybody is on a fair playing field because you know what? There's always going to be buyers, especially first time home buyers, that are not comfortable waving a home inspection. And they have every right to trust their gut and to not. Right. But when you do a pre-listing home inspection, then literally everybody is on the same playing field. Everybody knows what they're getting. Everybody's stepping up to home base, you know? Right. And it so could be like literally with the how how much houses are going over list price, like you're going to get $500 over list price. You know what I mean? Pay, pay Matt the inspection price and just do it. It's a worthwhile investment to get everybody on the same page. But a lot of sellers are just like, I don't want to yeah. deal with it. Yeah. Well, here's two yeah, two things about that too, right? That the savvy people, like it's a good idea to get it done because then you have the power, right? This Automatically the power goes to the seller because, you know, you can say, hey, we had this inspection report. Um, you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to say what was wrong with the house as long as you fixed it, right? We can delete that out of the report. But you leave that report, boom, at your walkthroughs and say, hey, listen, we had a report. If you make an offer, 
on this house, you already know that it's based on everything that we found, right? Yeah. Now, what does that do? It, it gives them the power. Also, what does it do? If I walk in as a buyer on one of Corey's listings, and he says, hey, listen, my homeowner had paid for an inspection. Uh, here it is right here. Um, yeah, there's some stuff on there. It's all minor stuff. There's nothing major. Uh, number one, we, we are all bound by our license. So it's not like Corey has an in with somebody where it's like, hey, man, you know, don't see this for me. Don't see that. It's not how it works. I automatically get put at ease, right? As a buyer, I'm like, hey, this seller had nothing to hide. I, I, automat I automatically have a different tone and mindset. They're like, hey, they had a guy in here for three or four hours that was tearing his place apart. They they weren't afraid of that. They paid for that because they don't they didn't have anything to hide. Yeah, it's a it's a way smoother transaction. And in doing that too, I see some guys trying to say, you know, hey, here's a price, you know, a discount on um on doing pre listings. It's like, wait a minute, are you doing less work? <laughs> you know, you're doing, doing the same work, right? It's the same yeah. inspection report. It's the same thing. So wait, let me get this straight. You're gonna do less work for the same the same job. I'm not, I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's there's like some agents. There's uh, um, I wish I could remember his name. I had a great transaction with him a couple of years ago. Uh, he was an older school agent, and he only will list your house if you agree to do a pre-listing home inspection yep. because of that exact train of thought. Where he's like, just imagine the tone we're setting right off the gate with these buyers. Like we're showing full transparency. We're telling them everything we're gonna fix. We're not trying to sell them a lemon. We're trying to do the right thing, you know, and it, it just sets the conversation all on a, on a right foot, you know? Well, it's one of these things too, because most people, right? The, most people are good people. So let's say, Chris, I go into your house, right? You hire me to do this pre-listing. When's the last time you went to your attic crawl space? I bought my house years ago. I haven't been in it since. Okay. Yep. Right, right. So let's say over the course of a couple of years, there's mold in there, right? And it's, but maybe it's just surface mold because of, you know, airflow or whatever. Something that's pretty yeah. straightforward to fix. Maybe you want to know that. You have no idea. So to, if I go in there beforehand, you acknowledge, oh, my God, I'm going to take care of this. I have kids. I, I like, I want to take care of this. That's, that's how 99% of the people address the situation. If, it, if we find something that's major, they're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that because I didn't have a home inspection. Thank you so much. We're going to fix it, right? Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Then they can tell that to the, the potential buyer, the buyer's agent, whatever, however that conversation has to be had. Right. Versus me going in there. And well, again, it's all about the tone. Right. Hey, they, you know, Chris had this inspection because he's not afraid to hide anything. Right. Now I go in there and I have the conversation with Corey's buyer. I'm like, man, there's mold everywhere here. And they're like, what else are they hiding from me? Right. That, that's just a, that's yeah. how a person naturally thinks. Unfortunately, yeah. Times, right yeah. but they're like oh if there's that then what else what else can there be and it, it can just you know snowball into something that doesn't have to be sometimes yep plus if i'm the seller like if i had it already done like i know nothing's gonna blow up the deal right like i'm totally at ease right like peace of mind kind of thing right absolutely yeah cool i'm, trying, I'm just gonna scroll through here see if i have any other questions see if you got questions we got going on yeah, let's see. Yeah, no, I whipped through the ones I had for you, Matt. Yeah. Chris even touched base on a couple. So you do residential and commercial, right, Matt? I do, yep. I, I so do. Obviously, is it a very different home inspection? Yeah, yep. And again, so commercial can can mean a lot of different things, right? If you want to do like a an eight unit, it could be considered commercial, right? Or a mixed-use commercial, five, six units in, you know, a barber shop or a whatever, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'll do anything from the smallest residential house to 
a million square foot apartment complexes, you, you name it, we, we do it all. And it, it is different, right? You got different, um, some different areas that, you know, if you're not really, there's no, it was crazy. There's no certain license, but there is different certification and different education you can get. Um, I see some guys trying to pull it off, but they're, they're missing the life safety portion. They're missing the green report. If it's a green style building, they're missing um, accessibility. Um, it, it just, it's just treated differently, especially when it comes to radon, right? Like I was saying earlier, more radon testing. Uh, you look at things differently depending if you have, you know, big walk-in type air handlers versus your, your typical residential ones. And um, a lot of it is the same premise, right? We do the same scope, but what's inside the building looks a little different, especially electrical, right? You might have um, 400 amp, three-phase services and tons of panels all over the place, or it might look completely different than your typical residential house, you know? Yeah. And I do, I do more residential, but we're certainly growing in the commercial field. Uh, it's, a, it's more of a, a niche area for Syracuse, right? We're a little bit smaller for that. I travel to Rochester and Buffalo to do, to do some bigger buildings. Um, but we certainly do, you know, anything that comes up here locally, we're, we're on top of it. You know, a lot of guys know, know my company's name. And, um, you know, I'm also the only guy locally who's certified to do phase one, phase two environmental. Um, I used to do lead, mold, and asbestos in the environmental, you know, engineering world. So, um don't do much of that because guys don't like to get into the, the phase two environmentals money, but uh, it, it is out there for sure. That's crazy. I think so informative, Matt. Hey, man. It's only Dropping knowledge bombs. <laughs> We're trying. Hey, when, you get, when you've been doing it for 14 years, man, you get thrown so much stuff, you know? It's yeah. like, it's wild. And it, 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 the best thing about it, for, probably for you guys too, like I see different stuff all the time like every house is done a little bit differently you know and i get called for everything man like hey man we have this 1840 built house with <laughs> a, a 15,000 square foot detached garage barn like three wells in the property i'm like oh my god you know what i mean right <laughs> that's a whole other thing right is well testing septic testing like it's a whole different addition onto like a real estate contract where some agents don't really deal with that some agents only deal with that and then depending on the municipality seller pays for it buyer pays for it um the municipality might have their own people uh on a list that has to do it um so it's a whole different whole different ball game but i can tell you it's cool what we run into man i've done some of the, the underground railroad houses where you see some of the the, the funky underground trails still um That's old, so cool yeah, I was man. gonna ask you what you. Well, I was gonna ask you like what you've seen in those old like eighteen hundreds houses. Yeah, dude, uh, I've I've done. You know what? Some this year, uh, again for going into my fourteenth year, I've done some properties this year that have been amazing. Um, we just did a property maybe two months ago up in the Adirondack region. It was like an old school mansion, um, and the same thing. It's on like thirty or forty acres. That the, the craftsmanship was unbelievable. And the guy turned it over, renovated it, made it like all original. He does like Airbnb out of it, but it was like an old school, uh, like like butter place. I guess he made his own like cheese and butter and stuff like that. Wow, cool. Rail cars would come right into his building and they would ship it all over the place, all over New York State. Um, so cool to hear those stories, right? You know what I mean? All the how they set everything up and, and, and done everything. And one of the coolest properties, I wish I could do videos. You guys, I do a lot of pictures and videos of where I go. We did one out in Casanova area, headed towards Casanova that was like 18, I think 1850. And like the underground railroad or the underground trail where it used to be the underground railroad was like the most extensive I've ever seen. The guy who owned the house was like 89 years old, farmer, jacked up old guy. It was awesome. Um, I had to go <laughs> a little crawl space 
he and he was like, hey, you're the first person who's ever been there besides my family. It was like lineage and his family. Um, they had a discussion done before, but the guy didn't go in the crawl space, so the, this guy didn't tell him. And I was moving some rock, and he was like behind there on the other side of the stone foundation is like where they must have used to keep people. Um, it even had its own like well system so you could get water in there. And wow. it, it went, wow. it, the severity where we'll put it like this, it went underneath Route 20 and they like spawned off towards like Casanova Lake. And it, it was, like, and the guy was like, you know, I'll ask you, don't take any photos. We don't really want to know. There are people to, to see and know everything, but it was, uh, it was amazing, man. I spent like an extra hour there with a the guy just, just talking to him, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's so cool. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, there's, there's some cool stuff like, you know, we do a lot of the cookie cutter houses and that's great. And people, you know, their first time homes and stuff like that. But I really, really love doing um, these off the wall ones where I'm out like in, you know, the Adirondacks or Auburn or like the old school ones that are like uh, maybe a Sears built house has been resurrected and something was built in the 1800s. And it's, it's, it's different stuff, you know? Yeah. Right. Those Sears built houses were the ones that you like, you pick out a magazine, right? Is that, is that what I was talking about? Yeah. How, how crazy is this that we can't you – know, <laughs> like like 80 years ago, we could get houses delivered by train, set up in like no time. Yeah. Um, they were amazing, right? And they dude, were Don't like, give Jeff Bezos any ideas. <laughs> like, yeah. Amazon houses soon, dude. Well, they're they're, start 3D printing houses. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. But, but they have one. I just did one in Syracuse that was like one of four in the country. Um, it's a, it's amazing. You know what I mean? It's like, this thing was $8,000 back in the day. And that was like, Oh my God. I'm like, it's like a, you know, a mansion <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. To your point, both of those things, right. There's a like 3d printing. They're really trying to get to that point, like out West. And then, um, the Elon Musk thing, man, that box, boxable. Have you, have you seen that or heard of that? Is that the house that he lives in now in, in like Texas? It's 50 grand boxable. Yeah. They deliver it to your, they deliver it like on site, wherever you want, man. Uh, really? Oh, yeah, it's wild. It's crazy. That's wild. Boxable? I got to write that down. Yeah, yeah, boxable. He lives in like, it's like a $50,000 house that he lives in right by his like. Uh, right his, yeah, right. Either near wherever Tesla or SpaceX, whatever. You know, SpaceX, whatever, yeah, that's right. Yeah, whatever his things are. But it's like a like a, like a fold-up type house. I don't yeah. know the whole construction, but I was doing some due diligence on the company. I heard about it from. I don't know if it was a podcast or something like that that popped up on my, you know, my feed. And I'm like, Whoa, what's that? You know? Yeah. Huh. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. He's going to be starting the 3d print houses and do a lot of kind of stuff soon. Yeah. I bet. Dude, that's going to be wild. And you know, in your world, how do you finance that? Right. Is it different? Does it look different terms? All that kind of stuff, you know? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Dude, the 3d printing is wild. It's coming, man. They, they can 3d print right now. Uh, rocket ships in six months that take six years to build. Why? That's so crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. And people don't even know about 3D. Like the concept of 3D printing, people are like, what do you mean 3D printing? Like a piece of paper? Like it's like, no, these machines. Yeah. They do it a lot in the medical field already, you know, like robotics and stuff like that. That's yeah. wild. Limbs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, they're three. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's just it's just scale to scale, right? Having something that can handle the metals and, and access to it and it's coming though, man, for sure. I don't know how far yeah. away, but they're they're scaling it out. It's it's coming. It'd be interesting have, to see how they find it, how how like the banks look at financing that. 
what, what I can see happening is like you go to these big plots of land, right? Like upstate New York, or I mean, I don't know how um, energy efficient they would be or whatever. Or maybe, or maybe that's done retro, but imagine like these these neighborhoods, right? Like developer, like essentially you go to these developments and it's like, okay, two, these houses start at 200,000 or 300,000. Imagine a 3D printer comes in. It's like, hey, we're going to have 80 houses here. They start at 75,000. It's like, the same versions it is they, they do it in like you know a couple months or whatever it is to build a house it's like all right we can 3d print a house in 30 days we need yeah. a whole, whole neighborhood this summer it's like oh okay yeah, yeah. A, a new new construction house would be time be done in a month you know like it's yeah. crazy crazy huh it's by the, you you order it and by the time you're done and closing on it it just gets done printing yeah <laughs> your house just printed uh this morning yeah. it's just finished up <laughs> well, think about that, right? It's gonna to go go back to you, Chris. Like we have di- different states have different requirements for closing, right? Some, and th- th- those things can all be different. In my experience, like you know, sixty days, ninety days. We hear like, oh my god, Florida, we close in like fifteen days or whatever. And, yeah, uh, it all that depends on it. Is the house vacant? Are you paying? Can- like, there's a million a million little things, right? Um, but imagine that that three D printing could change the way maybe even you guys do business through a blockchain technology or, or whatever it may be, right? You guys are like, all right, we got to move faster because, you know, this, this whole neighborhood's done in a month versus one house close. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's kind of thinking about like the closing, you just mentioned like the closing process. And it's like for all the technology we have and like how fast things move like nowadays, it's still in New York state takes like 30 to 45 days. Close. It's still. We don't, we don't, yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, well, think about it, right? We don't want to knock any professions. There's a lot of hands in the pot, right? And oh, yeah. A lot of hands in the pot. And I think this this transaction is, boom, smooth, easy. You know what I mean? Like, hey, because uh, think about it, Most people, I would say, have a friend that have used a bank, a lender. Had. Now I have a friend I went to school with who's in this business. Okay, make the phone call. Hey, here's all my financials. Boom, boom, boom. Get that part done. I know a realtor. Realtor recommends a homeless that, that That's like the easy stuff. And now it's like, hey, what attorney do you recommend? They're on vacation. They're bop bop. There's just there's so many hands. So many hands in the spot. You know that's so. why they close in Florida. You know it's not it's a title company state, so it's just a lot less hands in the pot. They can just kind of move a lot faster than than some right. other states. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So it's who know who knows what you know how yeah. long how far we are out from like a, a big change, right? But yeah, what happen, you know, I think we're probably still a little ways away. But when it happens, it's going to happen quick. You know. Yeah. Corey's Corey's going to go buy a three D three D printed house in Bitcoin. Yeah. Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. That's the next, that's, that's how real estate's going to be right now. Yeah. That's how this is. It's going to change into us. Just change like selling online modules. Yeah, right, you know, right. It's like, Hey, here, here you go. Here's the walkthrough. This is what you get. Do you want to order one with your blockchain currency? Here you go. Yeah. Talk to Chris. Yeah. Glad they're yeah. printed by the end of the week. Well, right now, not to get too far out, out on it, right? But in the lending world, have you guys had talks in, in your lending about Bitcoin, Ethereum, that, that coming around the pipe or no? We haven't. I haven't talked about it. No. You know. As soon as they get some of the exchange traded funds, I think then the banks are going to start. You know, some of the big players are buying four hundred million a week in, in that stuff. You know, but uh, oh really? Yeah. As long as you can trace it, you know, it's fine. I haven't done one with with any cryptocurrency. I have no idea where how would even start with doing something like that. But um, I imagine that there has to be one transaction that's done with it already. Has to be. Right. Well, I think I think the idea is this, you know, maybe Chris, you probably put some insight, is like I've actually taken payment in Bitcoin before for two inspections. Nice. Really? Yeah. And I made out like a bandit, right? Because it was when Bitcoin was eight thousand and it went up to like sixty. So I'm like, that special was like two thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, you know wow. I mean? Jeez, that's crazy. But again, Holy the, cow. 
the guy didn't care because he was buying Bitcoin at 20. So the joke was on me. He's like, I paid you like 20 bucks to do it. You know, in his, in his eyes, in my yeah. eyes, in 2000 for him, it was 20. So it was like, you know, but yeah. I, the idea is, right, Chris, is to speed, to speed the process up, right? Like if I want to buy a house from Corey, it's like, man, I don't want to go through the attorney process and this and that. If I can have all my information on this ledger and be like, okay, hey, Corey, you want to sell your house for this? Let's do it. Bing, bing. You know, we're done. You know. Yeah, and yeah. I think like it, things have definitely sped up. Like especially our generation, right? Like what I'm finding is like the older generation, like the older generation wants to talk on the phone and talk about the front, like the steps and like exactly what they need to know. Where our generation, you know, younger, just like hey, I need a lo- I need a mortgage, and like it's on you to tell me exactly what the best route is. I don't want to know anything else. Just text me. We ain't got time for that, right? We ain't got time for yep. it, right? Like here's the app. Like I just did fill out everything on the app. Like you should just tell me what I got to do. Well, think think about that. I think I think we saw that first in the car industry, right? Like for me, I'm not I, I'm not gonna go talk to a car salesman. I'm, I'm just not like I'm not gonna go and be like, hey, dude, go to your F and I manager. Come back to me. Go to your F and I manager. Come back to me. Go. No, I'm gonna yeah. call the place up and be like, here's what I want. Here's my credit score. I see you have one on a lot. I want it for this price. If you can't, I'm gonna go to someplace else. Right. Yes or no? Call me back. Boom. And then yeah. it's hey, if you come in today, you know, it's like they play that, but it's like. All right, you give me what I want. You make their money. Okay, that's that took a while, and now it's starting to happen a little bit. Like people are just busy, right? They have families, and they're realizing and working from home, right? Like you got, we can work from anywhere. So our, our job's a little bit different, right, Corey? We're always on the go. Um, yep. my, my job, my office is different every single day. Multiple offices a day, which I love. But I, you know, I want to call up you, Chris, and be like, "Dude, uh, what do I need, man? I don't. Ha- I just don't have time to like, you know, like." Tell me, g- give me one email with everything that I need. All right. <laughs> I'll put it all together and like, then I, I just, I'll see you at closing. Here. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, exactly. Here's it. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. Cause then people get frustrated. They have a million things going on. Um, and that's how we're starting to see, right? More and more people are doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very rare that I get someone that's like reading through every single page of the disclosures. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, <laughs> tell me what I got to do. Like, all right, great. Um, Here's the disclosures. I'm going to sign up. Boom, 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 done. Okay, now what's next? Like, they just don't. Right. They just want to be done with the process. They want to be done with it. And, and why is that? It's a relationship. They trust you, right? Yeah. It's a relationship built on trust. Like any, any other business, we, we trust each other, right? Um, and it's like, hey, man, like, <laughs> this is like, if I'm, if I'm asking you a million questions, why am I doing your job? Like, just give, give me what I need. And if there's a hiccup, then I can blame you. You know, you know what I mean? Or <laughs> the attorney or the bank, whatever. Just tell me what I need to do. I'll do it and we're done. But it's kind of like, right? It's like, I shouldn't be asking my client, like, hey, do you want me to look at this? Hey, what do you think about this? It's like, dude, I, I paid you. What do you think about this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Like, quick, you mentioned Corey goes into a house and they're like, hey, Corey, you know, like, what do you, um, you know, I made these updates and I put granite in. What do you think it's worth? And he's like, well, do you know some neighbor? What do you think it's worth? You, you know, you, you, you did the work. What do you think it's worth? Like, <laughs> right, yeah, right. Are you joking? It's like, well, yeah, no. right. What do you think? They're like, oh, man, I thought you'd have like, <laughs> yeah. More- me, you know, the right. funniest appointment ever. Yeah. And like Shyamalan twist, I don't tell you the price; you tell me the price. Yeah. <laughs> Those don't question. Go. question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, this damn, we covered. Cool. I think you provided a lot of great info yeah. for people, Matt. This was sweet. No, oh, cool, man. I appreciate it, man. I think these things are, are great because it's like. I think the community needs to see that, you know, we're, we're more vertically aligned than what people think, right? It's not, yeah. like, it's not choppy. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be and it shouldn't be. And 
it's one of those things where we all have our role and if we can do our role and usually I'm the last man on the totem pole, right? It's kind of like, where do I start? I got it. I got to get pre-approved. I, you see all the realtors like, dude, don't, don't come to me. That's your pre-approved, man. I don't even want, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to deal with this. So I think most people know that now, right? They, 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 they should. Um, so it's like ring, ring, ring. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Here's all my stuff. I know you need my, you know, that's income and here's all my expenses and here's how much I make. Cool. Let me know what, you know, here's what I'm comfortable with. Okay, cool. I have a realtor. Okay, boom. Let's go. Realtor usually gives a couple names out of inspectors. And so we're, we're the last person on the photo poll. Yeah. Uh, but in doing that, we're, we're again vertically aligned because it's like, you know, typically what I do is like, Hey, what kind of loan are you doing? I'm FHA. Okay, cool. I'll make sure I highlight a couple things. Your realtor will understand that you're letting them, you know, they'll understand that, appreciate it. Um, oh, you're working with Corey. I've done a lot of business with him. Great. It's great. And we can eliminate all those conversations. So I know if I get a call from Corey about an inspection I just did, it's usually two questions. Hey, Matt, what's the radon level? Or, hey, Matt, my buyer had just one question on this thing because you explained everything else. They just wanted some clarification on this one thing. And it's like a, a couple-minute conversation, right? Boom, click, done. Makes his job easier, speeds the process up for you in your world, and we're all happy. Yeah. Yep. You know I mean? We were talking about yesterday, Corey, like we were kind of explaining like the whole like real estate like industry in Central New York, like home inspector, lender, attorneys, realtors, everybody. It's like an we're all like in, a, in an office, but like each brokerage or each you know lender or, or, or someone else is like in the department, right? So like you don't talk to everybody, but we all work together. Yep. Like we've all worked together, so like it's kind of nice to have that. Uh, I guess kind of sense of camaraderie in, in a way where like you know you can call Corey and be like hey man like you know, this he can call you and ask a question you can answer it in like two seconds. Yep. I use the analogy of an umbrella, right? With rain, we're we're all we're all the same raindrops that fall in the same puddle, right? It's just we're we're hitting different spots. We're all we're yeah. all different areas. Yeah. There you go. It's one of those things where it's like it like I said, it doesn't need to be choppy. We we all it's a small community, right? We know pretty much if we have, we don't know the person we've heard of the name, right? We we heard yeah. of Oh, hey, I've done a deal with some. Hey, I've heard of them, heard of this, whatever else. Um, and there's a lot of realtors, there's a lot of inspectors, a lot of lenders. It's just, it's it's a it's it's a big community that gets really small really fast when you start doing volume. And you know, Corey's your third, fourth, going in your fourth year or so. It's like they start blending together, right? Chris, it's just yeah. like you got your process and you're banging it out, right? And it's right. it's nice when you have we entrust somebody. It's like you have confidence to call that person to say, hey, this person's going to tell you the truth. Um, not pull any punches, easy to work with. Here's the background experience. Boom. Eliminate, eliminate questions, comments, concerns, and make it a smooth transaction. When you start to have things that create more headaches, it's no good for any business. Right. 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 But yeah, no, we, we definitely cover a lot here from uh, home inspections to 3d printing houses to crypto. <laughs> Dude, didn't, yeah. see, didn't see Bitcoin coming in, man, but hey, we're always ready for any conversation. Yeah, we did it all. <laughs> so, no, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for jumping on. Um, so, this was good. Yeah, thanks. thanks, guys. I appreciate your time, and thanks, everybody, who are uh, watching at home or listening after the math. So, thanks. Appreciate you. Yeah, when we, and when we get this out there, guys, if there's any questions, you know, I appreciate the time, Chris and uh, Corey. It's always a pleasure, man. I hope I can get back up rolling with you so you guys you can choke me up and all these Dude, I don't want to roll with you. Get out of here. <laughs> me up like a pretzel, Matt. If there's any questions, man, I, I, I love to help. I love to, you know, I'm a continuous student. It's, it's kind of like jujitsu, right, Corey? We can always, yeah. you're never the, really the master, right? Like in the real estate game, it's we're always learning something and picking apart and, and, and enhancing our knowledge. So if there's any questions that I could help any of your followers or anybody you guys deal with, man, I'd love to help out and I appreciate the time. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys.
All right, guys. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, cool, man. Yep. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. The love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing from the text messages to social media posts. It's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people I have in my life. If you want to support the show, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is. If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time, and I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much.